Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Intermittent fasting, of course, it's taken off in popularity in recent years as an alternative to more traditional weight loss advice, uh, including counting calories. Now, intermittent fasting is essentially time-restricted eating where you limit what you eat uh, to a specific window of time. So, you know, you eat for six hours out of a day or eight hours out of the day, rest of the time you're not eating. Now, some research suggests this can be successful for weight loss in the short term because people end up eating less, but it has been less clear how well it works over a longer stretch of time. Well, a study published recently by the University of Illinois, Chicago, looked at people who lost weight with intermittent fasting and asked, can they maintain the weight loss? Joining me to talk about uh, intermittent fasting and this study is Danny Renouf. She's a dietitian at St. Paul's Hospital. Danny, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jazz. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, intermittent fasting, uh, it's one of those terms that, uh, you know, all of us, uh, to a certain degree, probably the last four or five years, it's come into quite a bit of fashion in regards to, we'll know somebody who's attempting it, has done it. A lot of people speak very well of it. Uh, this new study uh, says, uh, from my understanding, it looks like uh, people are able to keep the weight off if they stick with intermittent fasting. How do you read th- read the study? Well, you know, intermittent fasting has been shown to lead to weight loss. What we have also seen is that the weight eventually does come back um, beyond the point at which the study, uh, you know, has been continued. So, Eventually, unless you are intermittent fasting for the rest of your life, the weight does come back. The reason that I think intermittent fasting is problematic is because it's not sustainable. Many people can do it for some time, Mm -hmm. but it's very, very difficult to maintain for a long period of time. It's also problematic because it can result in deficiencies, right? When we look at metrics, weight loss is such an obsessive metric for so many of us, and We really care about dropping the number on the scale. And in that pursuit, we might forget that we are deficient in many vitamins, nutrients. I've just been reading that people who intermittent fast will potentially be deficient in protein and fiber and nutrients like calcium. So when we are looking for a diet and we're looking for 5% weight loss to 10% weight loss for good health outcomes, there are certainly other options uh, to pursue other than intermittent fasting uh, for more sustainable weight loss. Now, just, just to stay on that intermittent fasting just for a moment. So uh, I guess the study says you can keep the weight off, but only if you sustain it, it probably, as it looks to here, uh, for a very long time as part of your lifestyle. But as you say, for many people, that's very difficult when, when you have a set time for eating all the time. Exactly. And, you know, other things that may happen is eventually your energy stores, you know, tap out. And it's so important if you're trying to keep the weight off to have good activity levels. So initially, people might say, I feel more energetic. But once you start to develop um, some deficiencies, if you're not choosing the right foods during your eating period, then uh, eventually you're going to lose steam and not want to exercise as much and not want to do those healthy lifestyle 
you know, movement activities, which are so important for overall health. So I think intermittent fasting just misses the mark in the sense that it's just looking purely at weight loss. And it's not really looking at a long-term um, goal setting or sustainable planning for, for healthy lifestyle. So if, if somebody does want to take off 10, 20 pounds, what kind of things should they be focusing on? Sure. So that's a really wonderful question. Um, I actually have found and have read that smaller, more frequent meals from a science perspective and uh, actual application perspective are the way to go. So what you want to do is front load. So eat more smaller, frequent meals during the most active part of your day where you're using energy. So that's during your work day, uh, when you're moving around. Um, you know, if you have your exercise, timing your snacks and your meals around that is, is really, really important. And really the biggest gap is that most of us Canadians are not meet, meeting our fruit and vegetable requirements. So eating more fruits and vegetables means you're getting more fiber. That fiber is causing fullness without giving you the calories. So it's very, very important to focus on half your plate being vegetables, making sure you choose fruit and snacks. Uh, it's really, really important to include other high-fiber sources like whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes in your meals uh, to make sure you're getting enough fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, as a dietitian, there always seems to be some new fad that comes forward, some new exercise, not exercise, but some, some sort of uh, a method that will help you lose weight, whether it be intermittent fasting, whether it be keto, whether it be something else. Um, for you as a dietitian, I mean, it must be a constant uh, struggle to convince people that, look, there is another way to do it. It's slower, but it's the right way to go. Yeah, I think, you know, people are frustrated. They're overloaded with information. I approach my clients with a great deal of compassion because we are all getting bombarded with so many messages. And I wish just as much as my clients do that there was one magic bullet. But really, um, change is so personal. It's so individual. What matters to you is different than what matters to somebody else. And these diets just try to paint everybody with the same brush. And uh, ultimately, I think that's the fault, is because none of these diets are individualized to really tap into the person's unique needs and what they need to help um, adjust their metabolism and what types of foods they need to eat to to achieve good weight loss. That, That takes time with a dietitian, with somebody who can sit down with you and go through things. And also, it takes time to set goals. Um, it's important to, to consider your environment as a whole when you're making changes like this. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit more complicated than a diet. In regards to uh, healthier living, uh, adequate weight, staying active, are things getting better or worse in your mind? We talk a lot about it, um, but we also know that society, the obesity level in society had been going up for a very long time. In your mind, what you see, are things getting better in regards to the message and people trying to lead lead active lives, or are we still sort of in this downward trend? You know, I'm always a cup half full kind of person, and I think information is power, and we're definitely more wired uh, to what's current and what's happening in in research uh, and nutrition as people, as consumers. So, I do think we're better off in the sense that I notice more people have more information, which is good. But again, teasing out what is relevant and what's important, that's a, that's a bit more um, of, of a gap. And so uh, I, I would say, you know, the obesity epidemic is still a major, major issue. I don't think the fast food industry is going to change. I think it's 
we just need to be smarter, be in the driver's seat, and make better choices for us within our capacity. And so um, I think people are, are switched on to that. I, I think people want to know what can I do for myself. And so uh, I am seeing more of that in my practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the fast food industry, one of the things you can, of course, purchase is Diet Coke or Diet uh, Soft Drinks and many other uh, food that uh, uh, have the um, uh, ingredient of aspartame. Now, we are learning that the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is the World Health Organization's uh, Cancer Research Unit, uh, they are poised to label aspartame as a potential carcinogen over the next couple of weeks. Uh, now, uh, aspartame is, you know, as you know very well, a white odorless powder, a low-calorie artificial sweetener, which... Uh, I guess, it's, uh, from what I'm reading, is 200 times sweeter than sugar. Um, but they are saying that they may label it, label it as a potential carcinogen sometime in July. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so as dietitians, we, you know, try to promote whole foods. We really, really want people to, as much as possible, try to eat foods that are not packaged. Because once the food is packaged, you're looking at more processing. And when you're looking at more processing, you're looking at more chemical ingredients. And so to me, I think, you know, it's, it's pretty scary to read a label that says this could cause cancer. You know, I think as a consumer, that's a, a scary label. I, I want people to feel in control and to, and to really say to themselves, I don't have to buy these packaged foods. I can assemble simple, unprocessed foods and still eat a nutritious and satisfying meal. And, and again, if I need support around that, you know, I know where to go. So I do appreciate that across the board we need to eat less processed food. So I'm uh, kind of hopeful that people are also starting to tap into that and, and not want to buy as much packaged or processed food as possible. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, uh, when we go back to aspartame, there was a French study I was reading published in March last year that said it could increase the risk of cancer in people who consume it. There was a separate study published in December of last year and found that aspartame, which is found in like 5,000, I didn't realize 5,000 diet foods and drinks, was uh, linked to anxiety in mice uh, as well. So the World Health Organization's Cancer Research Unit is saying uh, or the r- r- news that we're getting certainly is that they're poised to label aspartame as a potential carcinogen. Um, I hope that, hopefully, I guess, that's a message to large companies, fast food organizations as well, that perhaps it's time to rethink uh, the issue of sweeteners moving forward. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people rely on these artificial sweeteners because some people are living with diabetes and we, you know, were given the claim that this was going to help lower blood sugars. But you know, in a previous interview with you, we know that that's also not based on science. And uh, there are many complicated other side effects that come with consuming high quantities of aspartame. So again, um, I think the message is eat more fresh, uh, fresh foods if you can, and try to keep your food choices as unprocessed as possible. So the fewer ingredients, the better. Danny, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure always to talk with you, Jazz.